Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you at Oilers Now. Oilers in Arizona. The Coyotes with a record of 17-20-2. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10. The Oilers have dropped to 18-18-3. They've dropped six straight games. Edmonton and Arizona. Here's Rick Tockett mentioning the fact that he needs some guys to bounce back as they get ready to play Edmonton tonight. I'm looking for a bounce back effort for some individuals. Um, some guys got to get get a hold of their game. Um you know we're we're uh, we're at a point now. You know you're at that halfway mark. Um, you got to get some ground here before it gets away from you. Is that the one thing though that kind of just eats at you? Is and you've seen it a little bit, even though the team's been generally uh, you've had less of those moments, less of those stretches. But why do you look at the video and just say wh- well, why is that happening for that eight-minute stretch? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you you you, you sit around as coaches and you know with a GM you talk about certain things, right? And. I don't want to use injuries. I don't want to use, you know, we don't have enough talent in the lineup, all this stuff. You always hear that stuff. And I think that's the mistakes we made had nothing to do with talent or had anything to do with lack of depth. It was just, it was, you know, hockey, not having a good hockey IQ. I, I think we gave Vegas goals. Um, the other night, you know, I forget, we played two, three nights, same thing. We're giving teams free goals. You know, if you lose and you're playing hard and, and guys are leaving on the ice, you know, you can accept it, but it's uh, the free stuff that we give away, and that's just a lack of um, concentration. All right, uh, there you have it. And again, you can uh, text in any time you want. That's Rick Tockett. By the way, I mentioned the save percentage numbers, and uh, we talked a bit about Boston winning the Stanley Cup back in 2011 and what was the key, and well, many you know, would suggest to you that uh, – why, can't, why am I not getting this guy's uh, playoff numbers right here? I, I don't know. Anyhow, many have uh, mentioned, uh, well, hey, look, you know, Boston built a big, heavy team. Well, the major reason why they won the Stanley Cup, as we all know, is because their goalie, Tim Thomas, ultimately in the final, was a little bit better than Roberto Luongo. Oilers need their goaltenders to get going here. They've been struggling sub-860 save percentage over the last six starts. It'll be Aiden Hill against Miko Koskinen. Like many of you, 
was a little bit surprised when Edmonton picked up Brandon Manning from the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, we got a text coming in on our Westlock Ford text line at 630-630. Bob, how come you and Brandon Escott did not mention that Brandon Davidson is on waivers? Uh, well, you know what? That's a fair point. The thing I'd say about Davidson is he's been in order, you know, already twice. Um, price point might have been a little bit easier to stomach. Term on the deal might have been easier as well. So fair comment to bring that up. But uh, Brandon Manning's a, a different type of player. Uh, and given his prior history with Connor McDavid, that's certainly an interesting uh, angle as well. We had an extensive conversation with uh, the now Oilers defenseman. Let's get to that right now. Life, uh, it's not a destination, it's a journey. So, Brandon, could you have imagined, uh, going back three or four years ago, that you would have one day ended up playing for the Edmonton Oilers? It just shows you it's crazy business some days, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, definitely one of the places I never thought, you know, I'd potentially end up. But uh, I'm here now, and I'm pretty excited to be a part of this team. What did it mean to have uh, Connor McDavid reach out to you and sort of, uh, hey, it's, uh, it's all good, man? Yeah, for sure. It just shows what kind of person he is, what kind of pro he is. Um, you know, like I told the other guys, I never, you know, when I heard Edmonton, that's not the first thing that popped in my head. So, um, you know, we're both here to help this team win hockey games, and I think it just shows the maturity of Connor and, you know, move on and, you know, help this team win. How challenging was it for you to get your legs on a day that you traveled after not basically being in Chicago's lineup pretty much for the last month? Yeah, I think it was more about, you know, the days off. Um, you know, I didn't skate for a few days and then not playing a game for, you know, three weeks there. I think that was the toughest part rather than the travel. But, uh, you know, I think it caught up to me a little bit in the third, um, you know, just being up so early in a long day but uh you know really good practice today you know got my feet wet got a good sweat on and uh looking forward to continuing that hitch plays more of a zone or a man within a zone but it's zone uh how different is that from maybe what you experienced in uh, chicago and was there a change in terms of the style of defense that the hawks were deploying when they went from uh, quenville to colleton yeah i think that was the biggest adjustment for me when i came from philly we were mostly man and man um you know zone plus man i guess a little bit and then when we went to q it was more of a zone you know demon at the front stepping out blocking shots and when colleton came in it came right back to man and man and i think the guys who had been there for a while, really struggle with the adjustment. A um, couple of veteran D-men, you know, they play a different system for eight, nine years. So, um, you know, it's kind of a real mixed bag of everything. You know, some guys who were used to Colleton system from the American League, some guys who played with Q for so long. Um, so for me, I think this isn't too bad of an adjustment. Something similar, I played in Philly and um, a little easier, I think. You know, you go out there, you get your guy, you, you play him hard, and then you kind of sort out the rest. Well, you know what they say, uh, why do they eliminate zone defense in basketball? Tell me. Because it worked. There Games were too low scoring. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in it. I mean, uh, Ken Hitchcock got that from Claire Drake, and Claire Drake was coaching that 50 years ago at the University of Alberta. Uh, Chris Staubach was a U of A uh, alum and uh, was your assistant coach. He spoke uh, very high of uh, your performance last year in Philadelphia. Were you, were you a little bit surprised that there was an opportunity to extend to Philly? Because you had a pretty good year there last season. Yeah, I think it was just kind of, you know, the way Hexia had drafted. He drafted a few first-round kids and um, some high-end talent there and was giving those guys opportunities. And, um, I mean, for me, I think... Obviously, when that door closed, you know, I was just looking for an opportunity to, you know, play every night. And, um, you know, unfortunately, Chicago, that didn't work out. But hopefully that opportunity continues here. But, uh, yeah, it's too bad. I mean, Philly's been a bit of a whirlwind this year there. And, uh, you know, guys in and out, coaches, GMs. So, um, unfortunately, I would have liked to stay there. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm here now. I'm happy to be closer to home and, you know, potentially help this team make the playoffs. 
you took a pretty unique journey to the NHL. I mean, you're an undrafted player. You're not big in terms of, like, Petrovich is a big guy. You're a mid-sized guy. What were the sort of reoccurring themes that occurred to get you to the NHL? I mean, what sort of things did you have to continuously improve upon to get in the league? And, you know, you're over 230 games now in the NHL. Yeah, I think, you know, I've always had the data-time mindset. Um, do something to get noticed. Um, do something to help your team. And that's something that happened in junior. You know, when I started out, you know, you're a six, seven guy or whatever. You're not going to put up points. You're playing the power play. And, you know, as I went through junior, I ended up playing the power play and, you know, getting points. And then, same thing in the American League. When you start out, you got to do something to get noticed. So, you know, I played physical I fight and then you know you end up playing the power play you put up some points and go from there and it's kind of the same thing I just you know try and get better every year improve things um, learn um, you know the coaching stuff here has been great so far you know talking to me making sure I understand things and um, you know that's something I didn't really have in Chicago so you know it's really exciting for me to get that fresh start and you know people wanting to help me and make me better even though you know I am 28 and a little bit older now all right uh, final question for you Brandon just a uh, thought on uh, Who's your favorite player growing up as a kid? And which uh, coaches, if you can name a couple, that kind of helped you uh, along the way? Yeah, I think, you know, coaching, I look back to a guy who played uh, Stu Malgunas, who's uh, actually my neighbor back home now. Um, Prince George, right? Yeah, yeah, Prince George product. He was uh, my D coach my first year junior with the Spruce Kings, and um, he was kind of one guy who guided me and pushed me to go to the West. Played a bit like you. you there know. you go, yeah. So, um, you know, he was kind of someone who had that experience and pushed me to the West league which you know evidently helped me get to where I'm at now um you know, after that, I've, you know, bounced around so much American League and stuff that you've had different guys. I mean, even a guy like Ian LaPerriere, who was in Philly, um, you know, he's a PK guy, but he was just such a good influence. He was always positive. He was excited to be at the rink. He was a role player when he played. And Terrific gamesmanship. Like, he knew when to do the right sort of exactly. thing. Exactly. And, you know, that's kind of something where I've had to do the same thing, you know. You know, sometimes you got to look for fights. Sometimes you got to mix it up. And, you know, you're not a guy who's going to play 25 minutes every night. So you got to find a way to get involved and be good so um, he was someone who even though he wasn't directly you know helping me with my game his personality and you know what he brought to the team was nice all right and uh, favorite player uh, a little bit of everyone. I think in my teens there, I was a big fan of Hendrik Zetterberg. Um, late draft pick, someone who kind of did everything right and um, you know a little different being a defenseman. But uh, that was always my favorite player. That is Brandon Manning, an extensive interview with him, former. Uh Prince George Spruce King out of them. Now, are they in the Rocky Mountain League or the BC Junior League? Which one are they in, Brendan? This is sort of your area. BCHL. They're in, they're in the BCHL? Yeah. Okay. And then he played in Chilliwack uh, with a couple guys that have been through the Alberta Golden Bears program. Uh, Jamie Crooks, who finished up last year. Jamie won three titles in five years. And Brandon McGee, who's a local product, real hard-nosed, undersized guy, a little bit dirty. Uh, plays over at the university as well these days. That's Brandon Manning. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Royal Pizza, where the stopper recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Still to come on orders now, Jack Michaels in conversation with Alex Galchenyuk. And I'll have a... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A uh, quick uh, three-minute uh, talk with Leon Dreisaitl from Glendale, Arizona. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 146 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer with you in Oilers Now. 215 Oilers History. Brought to you by New West Travel. Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel. Receive free parking at Valley Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation needs. Brendan F. Scott, you did the homework. What do we got here? On this day in 1991, Bob, the Oilers are blanked on home ice by the Montreal Canadiens. The Habs got goals from Andrew Castles, Stefan Riche, and Russ Courtnell had the empty netter. The Oil fell to 18, 18, and 2 on the year. So not too far off of where they're at now. 18, 18, and 3 for the Edmonton Oilers right now. That team is, so that was the 90, 91 season. Do you know how deep Edmonton went in the playoffs that year? Not sure. Third round. They went to the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, that year. Uh, losing to uh, third round in 91 would have been Minnesota. And then in 92, they went to the third round and lost to Chicago. Messi was hurt in 91 playoffs. That was a factor. The Oilers were actually the reigning Stanley Cup champs. Think about that. They were the reigning Stanley Cup champs. In 1991, so January 2nd, 1991, 18-18-2 record, reigning Stanley Cup champs, still ended up three rounds uh, in the playoffs. Oilers are 18-18-3 today. I did not know that. You know what? I might have to put that out later today. All right, uh, let's get to a conversation Jack Michaels had with Alex Galchenyuk, one of the two big players that John Chico, the GM of the Arizona Coyotes, has acquired here over the last six months. When you get traded for a first time, there's still just a little bit of like, oh, you know, it happened. So it's like a little bit of a surprise, but for me it wasn't that big of a surprise. I mean, I've been hearing talks about being traded, I think, over the last two or three years. So it wasn't just out of, out of nowhere, but, uh, you know, but sometimes, you know, people ask for a trade or, you know, you hear talks, but I, I've never did that. I was just, you know, patiently seeing what's going on. And obviously I had some talks with my agent. And that uh, I heard there could be a possibility, so it wasn't a full surprise. Did you know a lot of people here, and, and how has your acclimation been into a, a new team? I mean, obviously, you're not a rookie, but at the same time, all you knew was Montreal. That was the one organization you'd been a part with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you get traded for the first time, there's still just a little bit of like, oh, you know, it happened. So it's like a little bit of a surprise, but for me, it wasn't that big of a surprise. I mean, I've been here talks about being traded I think over the last two or two or three years so it wasn't just out of out of nowhere but uh, you know but sometimes you know people ask for a trade or you know you hear talks but I, I've never did that I was just you know patiently seeing what's going on and obviously I had some talks with my agent and that uh, I heard there could be a possibility so it wasn't a full surprise did you know a lot of people here and, and how has your acclimation been into a, a new team I mean obviously you 
you're not a rookie, but at the same time, all you knew was Montreal. That was the one organization you'd been a part with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I knew a couple guys here, and obviously a couple guys throughout, you know, from playing against each other or whatever, and I knew some of the guys personally, and uh, it's a great, great group of guys here, you know, since I came in, it's a younger group, and uh, it's positive, fit in, you know, helped me fit in real well, but uh, overall life and everything, it definitely took time to adjust. It's a completely different uh, environment, and uh, it took time, but now I feel uh, I feel really comfortable. And it's starting to show a little bit on the ice. I mean, you know, the production is there, and I'm curious whether that's part of being familiar now with your new teammates, your new city, the whole new routine. Uh, I'm not going to stand here and say, like, you know, I wasn't producing at one point because I wasn't used to it. Like, I'm not going to blame it on that. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's my job. There's no excuse for that. But, uh, you know, by the time it goes on, I definitely got more comfortable and comfortable. And then, you know, when you start producing, stop playing your game, everything seems to fall back in place. So, uh, you know, I'm happy about that. I know this question has been asked of you before, but I'm always curious when a guy plays center and then ends up on the wing. Do you naturally prefer center in a perfect world? I know you'll do whatever the coach asks, but what's your preference? Do you have one at this point? I think for me is just to play my game. That's the most important thing is no matter whether I'm a center or a winger, you know, obviously positioning and all that stuff changes, but for me it's most important is to, you know, to feel comfortable in my game, knowing what I'm doing with the puck, being comfortable, making plays and, uh, you know, attacking the net, being aggressive and making stuff happen out there and that's that's my game when I'm on my center of wing and uh, you know when I'm when I'm on top of my you know condition I got my rhythm my, you know I can play any position but uh, you know when I came back from the injury and stuff it, it seemed like it would have took a little bit harder to adjust to center that's why I went back to back to wing but uh, you know when I feel where my game is going it doesn't really matter where I play. Finally just to look at the game tonight two teams that are almost in identical positions yeah Now's the time to put wins together for both teams. So I kind of expect a desperate game from both. Exactly. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we had a tough loss, and uh, I mean, I just found out that you know Edmonton has been losing what six in a row, I think, or something like that. So uh, if I was in that seat, obviously as a team, you trying to bounce back, and uh, they're gonna come out strong. And but we're at home, it's our house, and we gotta you know defend well, and uh, you know put on strong for our home fans and get the win. All right, uh, that is Alex Galchenyuk in conversation with the Oilers radio play-by-play man, Jack Michaels. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Let's get to some texts on our Heartland Ford text line. Dylan has texted the show to say, Bob, I haven't heard you say, uh, I haven't heard, you know, said that many times in my life, you know, from Dylan. Dylan, you know, that's just the way it works sometimes. Um Another text out of Grand Prairie. Bob, is Brandon Davidson available? I've always thought he was a solid left-shot D. Oilers player. I actually liked him more than Nurse. Well, you know, Brandon Davidson's a terrific person out of Grand Prairie. Uh, he's not a better defenseman than Darnell Nurse. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers. Now, this text comes in. Bob, nobody in Phoenix cares if they win or lose. They can lose every year, and their GM has a uh, smile on his face the whole time. Polar opposites here. Uh, you can text us at 636. This is an interesting text out of Lethbridge. Bob, if it gets to the point where Milan starts, uh, Lucic starts sitting in the press box, do you think a guy with pride like that would consider retirement and void each side of the deal? 
He has $24 million. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly 24 He's got four years left at $6 million per. There's a little bit different, bit of a difference with uh, a player like Jason Garrison, who's made $30 million in his career, voiding a contract for 650000 because he doesn't want to play in the minors and can probably go to Europe, as opposed to Lucic, who is a season and a half removed from uh, basically a 20-goal, 50-point year. A little bit different situation. Bob, uh, if Shirelli just grabbed Patrick Maroon, he's a poor man's Gallagher, he'd have a top six. Uh, Patrick Maroon is not exactly lit it up <laughs> so far this year. Just I'm very quickly I'm trying to do this on the fly here. I think he's got three goals this season, and he might be about minus 14 with the St. Louis Blues. He has, however, I, I would admit he's played okay. Uh, you know, he's pretty good the two years. Now, why is it not coming up here for me? Uh, well, we can go this way. We'll go like that. No. Anybody notice that Hockey DB isn't quite as quick as it used to be when you try to fire it up on the fly? Because so I just want to get you Maroon's exact numbers in St. Louis this season. Uh, last year, by the way, Maroon, before being traded uh, out of Edmonton, uh, Pat Maroon had 14 goals, 30 points in 57 games. So he was a relatively productive player. Uh, this season in St. Louis, three goals, 11 points in 31 games, and he's minus 14. Now, could he potentially be an answer? Yeah, he could. I think what's happened in St. Louis is they got a slow team, and some people would suggest to you that they believed that having Lucic and Maroon uh, didn't work, both on the same squad. All right, here we go. Uh, we will tell you, we'll be back tonight. The uh, face-off show from the Gila River Arena in Glendale begins at 6, six o'clock. Uh, puck drop at 7.30 on 6.30 Channel on the Oilers Radio Network. Tomorrow, Louis DeBrusque and Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, solar. And I know that Rob uh, and Lana and the gang from Canadian Power Pack uh, had a set of event last night down here in Glendale. It was greatly appreciated. Terrific event. Up next, the news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nine and Gross. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.